I want to open up with a story, and I want to let you know whenever I share a story like this that uh, everybody's good with me sharing the story, okay? So uh, I'm not going to reveal uh, names or anything like that, but everyone's okay. And this happened many years ago. I had to fire an employee, which is always difficult and something I hate to do. But they did something really bad, so I had, to, I had no choice. I had to fire them. But I happened to be very close to their family. And uh, so they told their family I fired them, but they didn't tell their family why. And so their family came to talk to me and confronted me and wanted to know why. And I just said, I can't tell you. I just can't tell you. HR, but there's just also, really, they need to tell you. And we went on for two years. And during that two-year period, um, I, I had just a terrible relational event happened with that family and it brought me into what I'm calling valleys in this series a relationship valley and it was just an awful time in one sense but thankfully it all worked out and everything he eventually let them know why and 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 I wasn't the terrible bad guy at that point and things were restored but something else happened during that time which is absolutely amazing during that time with all the conflict going on, all the drama that went on, God showed up and God did these amazing things in my life. The valley lasted two years, so I didn't get out of it none too quick, but God did these amazing things. And that's what this series is about. And I want to welcome you to valleys and it's hope for life's toughest moments. That's what this series is about. And it's really about you and I connecting with God when we're walking through really really tough times. And, you know, the Bible has literal valleys that it talks about. These are literal places. I've visited some of them when I've gone to Israel. I've only been there twice, but I saw some of the valleys. And uh, events happened in these valleys. And these events uh, and these valleys are not just literal places. They're metaphors for difficult times. And the Bible also has hills or mountains. And, and, and they're literal places, but they're also metaphors for really really good times. And every one of us in this room, we'd love to stay and live on the mountaintops, wouldn't we? But can we all agree we, we, we go through valleys in our life? We wish we didn't have to, but we do. So I'm going to show you the four major valleys in the Bible. I'm going to take a lesson on each one. But today, I just want to introduce you to this subject called valleys. And I want you to walk out understanding this particular principle more clearly than you've ever understood it. It goes like this. Our dark, darkest moments produce God's greatest movement. And I have learned this. I can stand up here. Others could stand up. Your darkest moments would be the worst valleys that you could ever walk through. And the worse it is, the darker the moment is, the greater God wants to show up. And we want to talk about that today. And I thought I'd open with this incredible story. It's a valley story. And at this time, Israel had a very weak king. His name was Ahab. He became a bad king later. He married the wrong person, a false prophet, and that pulled him further away from God. But he was just a mediocre, weak king, and Israel was very weak at this time in their history. They had an army of only 7,000 men. Think about that. And they were attacked not by one nation. They were attacked by 32 nations. 32 kings came together, and they said, let's wipe Israel off the face of the earth. And you know, 
the enemy's been stirring people to do up to do that forever. It's still happening today. And so they thought, we can whoop them. So they attack Israel, and they attack on this hill. And Israel, because God helped them, supernaturally defeated these 32 kings. And they ran off in retreat, and they're wondering what happened. And listen to their conversation. It goes like this in 1 Kings 20, 23. Meanwhile, the officials of the king of Aram advised him, their gods are the gods of the hills. That is why they were too strong for us. But if we fight them on the plains, which is the floor of a valley, surely we will be stronger. So they came up with this strategy, and, and they said, you know what? We were on a hill. God, Their God shows up on a hill, but if we can drag them into a valley, their God won't show up. And I got to thinking about this as I prepared and thought about this lesson. And you know, I think I have said this very thing in my life, and many of us probably have said this very thing. Can you all agree that when we're walking on the hills, the mountaintops of life, everything's going well, right? Our finances are good. The job's good. The business is good. Relationships are good. The body's doing okay. Can we all agree it's just, it's just a time when we say, God is good. God is great. God's so good to me. I'm so blessed. And then we jump into a valley, and what do we, what do we say? God, where are you? God, what's wrong? God, why haven't you showed up? And I want you to walk out of here understanding, man, that's when God wants to be the strongest in your life. But these guys thought, we'll attack them. So they attack them, and they set it up so they fight in a valley. And listen to what happens. It goes on to say, 1 Kings 20, 27, when the Israelites were also mustered and given provision, they marched out to meet them. The Israelites camped opposite of them like two small flocks of goats while the Arameans covered the countryside. Get a hold of this. Israel had 7,000. These 32 kings had an army of over 1 million. So now Israel divided into two divisions, 3,500, 3,500. They look like two small flocks of goats, and there's over a million soldiers in that army. Let me ask you a question. Do you think King Ahab was scared? I would have been. Do you think those soldiers were scared? 7,000 versus over a million? I would have been. But listen to what God said, and it's something he wants you and I to hear in regards to our life. He went on to say this, the very next verse, verse 28. The man of God, a prophet, came up and told the king of Israel, Ahab, this is what the Lord says. Because the Arameans think the Lord is a God of the hills and not the God of the valleys, I will deliver this vast army into your hands. You, you will know that I am the Lord. And here's what God said. It's so powerful. And by the way, you can read this in your devotional this week. Read on. Israel kicked their dupa. I mean, they won. They won big. But it's because God, God fought for them. But listen to what God's saying to every one of us in this room. I'm not just God when you're walking on the hilltops. I am God when you're in your darkest, deepest valley. I'm the God of the valleys. And God, in your darkest moments... God wants to show you the greatest God movement you've ever seen in your life. That's who God is. And so I got to thinking about how can I bring this across? And then I thought, well, there's three things I have to make sure you understand about valleys, all right? This is really important because if you don't understand this, you'll never look to God for the help you need. And here's the first thing. Valleys are not from God. God did not cause your trouble. God is not causing your trouble. And that's important for you and I to understand. I remember when I was a young Christian, when, when 
when, when I accepted Jesus, I was on this honeymoon, and many of you probably went through it. I was so happy, and it's like, I love you, Jesus. Everything's so awesome. Oh, thank you, Jesus. You saved my soul, and I was in darkness. You brought me in the light. Then the first time trouble came into my life, I'm like, God, why are you doing this to me? And I'm upset with God. I feel like he's caused it. He brought it into my life. Then as I grew and I learned some scriptures, I, I had this problem. I realized it wasn't God, but I said, why are you allowing this to happen, God? You shouldn't allow this to happen to me. I'm one of your kids. Why are you allowing this to happen to me? And, and I became upset with God for that reason. So we're going to deal with that a little bit later today, okay? But here's what you want to understand up front. Valleys are not from God. They come from five sources. So you need to know this. Here's source number one, our enemy. I'm talking about our spiritual enemy. Listen to 1 Peter 5, 8. Be on your guard and stay awake, Christians. Your enemy, the devil, is like a roaring lion sneaking around to find someone to attack. He's always looking for us to have our guard down, but he's always just looking too. You know, if you're doing something for God, that's, remember, uh, when your faith breaks loose, all hell breaks loose. I mean, he, he, he will try to stop you when you're going forward too. He's just that way. We have an enemy. And here's what you want to know about the devil. And I don't want you to be afraid. I don't want you to be afraid to close the lights off tonight and go to sleep in your room. He can't, he can't hurt you in that way. It's not like ghosts and things like that, but Guys, he hates you. As a matter of fact, he hates every human being. He hates all of humanity, and here's why. He was one of the top beings in heaven. Uh, he was right there at the top with Michael and Gabriel, and they were archangels. They were the top angels. He was over all the worship in heaven, and the Bible says God made him so perfect and so beautiful. One day he said, I think I can take God on, and he literally got one-third of the angels to attack God, and they tried to take over heaven, and then Mike, Michael, man, the warring angel, he took care of him in seconds, boom, threw him down to the earth, and all that it was real fast. His future is not bright. It, well, it's bright, but it's hot. It's the lake of fire, right? So it will be bright there too, right? Now, he hates us because God loves us. And so he hates all of humanity. So here's what he's doing. If, if you don't know Jesus, he wants to try to make sure you never meet him because he wants you to spend eternity with him. But once we meet Jesus, guess what he wants us to do? He wants us not to walk close to God. He doesn't want us to fulfill the very purpose we were created with. So he'll try to tempt us. He'll try to bring bad things into our life. That's where some of our valleys come from, but there's four more places. Second one is a broken earth. Listen to this, Romans 8, 21, that creation itself, that's the universe, the earth, everything in the earth, would one day be set free from its slavery to decay and would share the glorious freedom of the children of God. This chapter is so cool. You have to read it sometime. It talks about all of creation's groaning and it's dying so when Adam sinned, sin entered the entire universe. And so that's why we have earthquakes, volcanoes. That's why we have hurricanes and tornadoes. That's why you have thunderstorms and lightning. It's, the earth is dying. But here's the good news. You guys ready? If you read the end of the book, when Jesus comes back, the earth is still here. So the, the earth will be here when he comes back. But it is dying, and sometimes the dying earth throws us into a valley. Our basement over the years was flooded two times. And let me tell you, it's not the worst of valleys, but it's no fun. Uh, your insurance premiums go up. You think, hey, I've been paying this for 20 years. I finally use it. I should have money there. No, they raise your premium after, after you use it. And, and then uh, I had the mess in the basement, had to clean it all up. Some of you have been through that. Sometimes a broken earth throws us into a valley. Here's the next one, 
bad choices. I walk through many valleys because of my bad choices. It's just bad decisions. It's you and I, even as a Christian, just walking down the wrong road, opening up the doors, and we end up, you know, having problems come into our life. But here's some more good news. You ready for some great news? It doesn't matter how you get into your valley. God's the God of the valleys, and he'll take you out. And that's good news. So even if I got into my valley on my own, God is still the God of the valley in my darkest moment is where he wants to do his greatest movement, and it's the same for you. Here's the next one, bad people. There's so many levels of bad people, right? Um, Some of you are here, and you've just gone through a valley with a relationship. Maybe you were dating a guy or a girl. Maybe uh, you just came out of a, 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 a bad thing in a marriage, and maybe whoever, the other person really did you wrong. And there are people on this earth that, do things like that. There are business deals that go bad because people do things like that. People lie. People cheat. Uh, There's bad people on planet Earth. I remember years ago, and this this is an event I'll never forget. Our house was robbed, and I'll never forget. Gina and I, I opened the door to our living room. We only had two children, and they were both young at the time. Now we have four. And I, I saw my big, beautiful stereo missing. This is before digital music. It was gone. I thought, Maybe I moved it. I don't know. It's really an odd feeling. So then I walked in the kitchen, and the microwave was gone. I thought, well, I didn't move that. And then the back door into the kitchen was jarred open. They used the crowbar. Then I went upstairs. They went through every drawer, through everything on the floor. That threw me into a little valley, too. Bad people will throw you into valleys. Here's the next one. Imperfect people. These are good people that make mistakes, and don't we make mistakes, and don't other people make mistakes? And Listen to Ecclesiastes 10.9. When you work in a quarry, stones might fall and crush you. When you chop wood, there is danger with each stroke of your axe. In other words, living in the world with imperfect people, somebody could make the axe bad, you might swing and hurt something. I mean, anything could happen, car accidents, because we're on, we're on a planet with imperfect people. I'll never forget, this is just before I went to Bible school, I walked into our garage, and my dad was working on his tractor, and it, I, I'm trying to remember the details, but it was like his crankshaft, and something was stuck, and so uh, he asked me to help him, and he didn't have a vice big enough to hold it, so he's holding it. He took this chisel, and he put the chisel on the part he wanted loose, and he told me, grab a sledgehammer and hit this. So I said, Dad, are you sure? I am not mechanical at all and not all that coordinated. So I grabbed, I grabbed the sledgehammer and I choked it. Uh, I, had, I had my hand way up at the top and I just hit it. And it was, I had control and I hit it a couple of times. He said, that, son, that's not hard enough. Grab it all the way at the end and do a full swing. And I said, dad, I'm afraid I'm going to hit your hand. He said, son, I want you to do it. So he's holding it there. I go to swing and the first time I hit it, but I, I controlled it. I didn't swing with all my strength. And he said, son, you got you to give it all you got. It's never going to loose, loosen. So I said, dad, I said, son, do it. So I go for my second swing, and I do it as hard as I can, and I miss, and I hit his hand. I broke bones. He went into a broken hand uh, valley, and I told him, it's not my fault, right? I, I warned you. you, you are, I am not the guy you want swinging that sledgehammer. That's another reason for valleys. This is where valleys come. Imperfect people, bad people. Um, We see where they come from, but brothers and sisters, they don't come from God. Here's two more things you need to understand about valleys. Valleys are inevitable and impartial. Listen to this. 
Psalm 34, 19. The good man does not escape all troubles. He has them too. But the Lord helps him in each and every one. I love the last part. How about you? So you can be the best person, perfect person, living for God full blast, not doing anything wrong, full of good deeds, and you're still going to end up in valleys. It's just going to happen to each and every one of us. I, I do not pray for them. I hope you never pray for a valley. And, and I don't like to, once I'm in them, I want to get out as quick as I can. I don't enjoy valleys. But I'm telling you, they happened to all of us. I could have made one more point, And I could have said this, valleys are, are random. And what I mean by that is this. Some people land into really, really bad valleys and others not so bad. And I don't know why some people's valleys, their tough times are so much greater than other people's. That's why I just say they're random. It's like the lottery. It's just random. I don't know. But I do want to make sure you, you understand what I do know and what the Bible does teach, that our darkest moments produce God's greatest movement. So let's go to the next stage. This is important. And I just want to answer this question, why valleys? Why? We know God doesn't do them, but why does God allow us to walk through them? And that's, that's a tough question. This is a deep theological question, and so I'm going to do my best to make, help it make sense, and hopefully you walk out less confused than you walked in. I want to do my best, right? But why valleys? Well, think about it. I, I, I had an idea. This, this will help us understand it. When you and I accepted Christ, I was 19 when I accepted Christ, what would happen if when we accepted Christ... What would happen if God immediately took us to heaven? We'd never have another problem ever, right? That would be cool, but I think it would hurt the cause because the way that would play out in the world would be, don't pray that prayer to accept Jesus because in order to go to heaven, what do people have to do? They have to die. Don't pray that prayer to accept Jesus. People drop dead after they pray that prayer. I know they say you're going to go to heaven, but we don't know where they're going. Maybe that's God, you know, taking someone out, sending them to hell because they blasphemed. I mean, nobody would know what was happening. So can you all agree that wouldn't work? What if, what if God, what if when you accepted Jesus as your Savior, what if God put this invisible, powerful force field around you and no bad could ever touch your life? What if after we accepted Jesus, everything was hilltop? I mean, that would be cool, right? I mean, uh, our finances would be awesome. We would never be sick. Um, every relationship would be rosy and awesome and cool, and nothing bad would ever happen. That force field would protect us. I think that wouldn't work, too, for a couple reasons, because heaven's up there, and earth is not heaven, right? So that, that wouldn't work. But you know what else? I think everyone would accept Jesus, but would they be doing it by faith, or would they be doing it because we say, once you accept him, you never have another problem ever. Now, that wouldn't work, but here's what Jesus said in John 32, 33. He said, in this world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome. And so I'm still asking God why, right? I, I, I know that if I'm living here, Jesus said, this life has trouble. We know where the trouble comes from. We know it's not God, but God, why did you leave us here? And I like to look at it this way. For any of you that play sports, and I know there's so many variations of sports people play, maybe you play soccer, maybe you're a wrestler, maybe you're softball, baseball, football, basketball, whatever, track and field. No matter what sport you play, there's a, there's a gym you go to. It may not be 
weightlifting. It could be something else. But what do we do when we play sports to become better? We train, right? We work out. Now, I played, my frame of reference is football, and it works for this because when I play football, the coaches always want you to become bigger, more muscular to play football, right? And so where do they throw you? In the weight room. And what happens in the weight room, guys? Uh, you're lifting weights, not for fun. It's not really that fun. But what are you doing? The resistance tears your muscles down. And then if you get a little rest, what happens? Your muscles grow back bigger. And it literally grows you. And God had so much confidence in him in you. He had so much confidence in his ability to help you walk through valleys. And he knew how all of us need to train naturally and spiritually in order to grow. God allowed us to walk on an earth that has valleys. They're random, they're inevitable, and all those things. They're not from God. But God knew he could walk us through any valley that hit our lives. And he knew three things would happen. Are you ready for the three things? Here's what I know about valleys, guys. Number one is valleys grow us. They grow us. Listen to this, 1 Peter 4.12. Friends, when life gets really difficult, don't jump to the conclusion that God isn't on the job. That's, that's so easy to do. He's the God of the hills, not the valley. Don't you dare. Listen to the next verse. Instead, be glad that you are in the very thick of what Christ experienced. What's that? Jesus said, in this world, you're going to have tribulation. He had tribulation. He walked through valleys. He suffered through the valleys. Listen to this. This is a spiritual refining process with glory just around the corner. And that's really referring to heaven. And that's going to be when heaven is heaven and we never face any problems. But notice what he says. It's a spiritual refining process or spiritual growth process. And here's what I know about every valley that I've ever walked through. Valleys can make you bitter. Valleys could make you turn from God if you think he's doing it. But once you understand, hey, he's the God of the valleys, and God wants to connect with me and help me walk through this. He wants to help me come to the other side. And guess what he wants to do? He wants to grow me as I walk through this. You can't grow without resistance. But here's what I learned about valleys. I always come out stronger spiritually and even naturally in my character and every other area. I always come out stronger than when I went in. And I look back at the different valleys I walked through. At the time, I hated them. I still to this day hate any valley I have to walk through. But now I understand, hey, this is a time to to use my muscles. This is a time to pray. This is a time to trust God. This is a time to believe God to come in and help me walk through this and help deliver me. And when you begin to do that, man, your muscles grow and you become a different person. It grows you spiritually. It's absolutely amazing. Here's, here's fact number two. Valleys prepare us. I want you to listen to an incredible verse, 2 Corinthians 4.17. These little troubles, and if you read the verses above, Paul's talking about terrible valleys that he's gone through. But he says, these little troubles, because in light of eternity, they're small, are getting us ready for an eternal glory that will make all our troubles seem like nothing. They prepare us. So they grow us, they prepare us. Listen, they're preparing us for heaven. They're growing our character and everything about us. They're knocking off rough edges. But here's, here's what's even more amazing. They prepare us for the next stage, the next step. 
that God has for our lives. And I can tell you, I've gone through some valleys and I wondered, man, why is this taking so long? And I wondered, God, when is this going to end? And I just kept believing and trusting and praying and holding on to God's promises. But when I finally came out of that, God opened the door for me to do something I never dreamed I would do, but I could never really have done that if I wasn't prepared during that valley. It prepares us. And if we don't learn to say, all right, this is where I'm at. I've got to go through it. There's no way out of it. God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to trust you. I'm going to stand on your promises. I'm going to allow you to walk me through it. It grows you and it prepares you for the next level. And there are things God wants you to do that you have not yet done. He may not have even revealed them to you, but he's growing you and preparing you in this valley that you're walking through. And when you come out, sometimes there's this sweet reward of God opening up a door for you to do some things you never dreamed you'd be able to do. And I'm thinking about just, you know, what I do as Pastor Joe. I have a personal life, then I have my, you know, Pastor Joe life. And I think about this church, and I think about what we're, going to be doing uh, in the near future, launching a campus in Borman, and God's, God's called us as a church to launch campuses all over Northeast Ohio and, and even parts of Western Pennsylvania, and I think about the call on this church, but you know what? I can honestly say to you, it was valleys years ago that I walked through that prepared me to be able to do what I'm doing now. And there's a lot of pressure when you launch a campus, a lot of pressure when you step out in any area of your life. But I feel the pressure, but I also know this. I've watched God be God in so many ways and in so many areas, and, and, and God's just grown me and prepared me. And it's like, I can do this. And there's things God's called you to do that you can do. And I think about David. David was king, but before David was king, he was a shepherd boy. And you know what? There was a time as a shepherd boy where he was watching the sheep and a bear attacked and tried to take one of his sheep, and God supernaturally came on him, and he beat a bear with his bare hands because God gave him supernatural strength. Another time, a, a lion attacked, and he supernaturally beat the lion. Then he came to where Goliath was calling all of Israel out, and everybody was afraid, and David said this, King Saul, I can go take him. King Saul said, you can't take him. He said, oh, oh, oh. no, God prepared me. He said, I was a shepherd boy and watching, and, and a bear attacked and I beat a bear. And then a, a lion attacked another. I beat a lion. And he said, the same God that allowed me to defeat those two foes, he's going to help me defeat this big old Baluk. And he defeated Goliath. He did it. And he did all that, and it all prepared him to be who? One of the greatest kings that Israel ever had. Valleys prepare us. Now, here's one more thing, and I want to end on this one. It's, it's incredible. Here it goes. Valleys display God's greatness. I mean, it's an opportunity for God to show up, right, and do just great things in our lives. And listen to Psalm 23, 4. Even when walking through the dark valley of death, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me, guarding, guiding all the way. This is very famous, Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. Some of the older translations say, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Do you know that was a literal place? 
literal place. Because David was a shepherd and where he was located, he had to walk through the valley of the shadow of death with his sheep in order to get to the other side where the green grass was. And so he's giving us an experience of how God worked in his life in the valley of the shadow of death. Now here's something that's fascinating about the valley. It's a literal place in Israel. Here's something that's fascinating about it. At points it had walls, mountains that went up 800 feet. That's almost three, 900 feet is three football fields long. So think about how high they are. And then there were parts of the valley with those high walls that were only 10 feet wide. So when you walk through that part of the valley, even in the middle of the day, it was dark in there. So David walked through the valley of the shadow of death with his sheep, but guess what else happened? There were caves and caverns and thieves and robbers hung out there because they, they would try to, 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 to attack the shepherd, take the sheep. There were lions and bears and, and predators, wolves, and, and all those kind of predators that hid in there. So you know what we just talked about with David? That's where it happened. And he's walking through there, and some big old bear comes out of a cave trying to take one of his sheep, and God gives him the ability to handle the bear. And this is where he learned, but not only did he learn, this is where he saw God's greatest strength and God's greatest display. And I want to turn us into a people that no matter what's going on in our life, instead of looking down, we look up and we say, you know what? God's with me. He's going to guide me. I don't care what valley I'm in. God's going to show up. And even if it's just giving me peace and joy to walk through it for a season, like the opening story I gave you, whatever it is, God's showing up. I'm walking through it. I'm coming out on the other side where there's sunshine and God's going to be God. And he says this in the next verse, verse 5. He says, you provide delicious food for me in the presence of my enemies. You have welcomed me as your guest. Blessings overflow. Now, some of you could stand up and you could address this. Some of my greatest understanding of the Bible, my understanding of God has come in valleys. And he's not just talking, he's not talking natural food here. He's talking spiritual food. And it's amazing. I've come to know and understand God's greatness. And I've watched God's greatness in my darkest moments. And that's what David's saying here. And not only that, you can be in the middle of a war on this side, and then God's dropping blessings on you in another area of your life. And he's just declaring, man, you never go through the valley of the shadow of death without God. So here's what we want to do take our eyes off the valley, lift our heads up, and begin to thank God that we are not alone in the valley. He didn't bring the valley, and our darkest moment is his opportunity for his greatest and most awesome movement in our life, and begin to expect God to do what only God can do. Let me ask you a question. Is that something we can take just a minute, and we can say thank you, God, for Can we just thank him right now that he's the God of our valleys? We thank you, Lord God. We thank you so much. L listen to the one more scripture. This, this is an amazing scripture, Joel 3.14. Multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision, for the day of the Lord is near in the valley of decision. I want to talk to two people. First, the Christians. Some of you right now are in this valley of decision where you have to make a decision, right? In, in your valley, you have to make a decision to look up and not blame God, but to look up and look to God to walk you through it and to help you through it. And, and, and that's your valley. And I want to pray with you right now. Some of you are in a valley of decision where 
you have not yet given your heart to Jesus. And, and I really believe this is your day where you're going to make that decision to give your heart to Jesus. And, and I'm telling you, he won't put you in a bubble and protect you from all trouble. He's not going to take you to heaven as soon as you pray, but he's going to be the Lord of your valleys. He's going to be the Lord of your hills. He's going to walk with you through life. So let's close our eyes. Let's bow our heads. Let's pray. Lord, first we pray as Christians. And Lord, we thank you that you're the God of the valleys. We thank you, Lord, that we grow in these valleys, we're prepared in these valleys, and we see your greatness in these valleys. Lord, we rejoice in the fact that you're not the cause, the reason for our valleys. And so, Lord, right now we're in this valley of decision. We decide to look up. We decide to embrace you as the God of the valleys. And, Lord, I thank you for giving strength, joy, peace. We thank you that you're the God that delivers us from every valley. We thank you, Lord, for moving and working in every one of our lives, no matter where that valley came from. If you're here today and you're not sure if you're forever, I want to take a moment. I want to talk to you. Jesus said, whoever calls on my name, I will save them. He came, he died to save humanity. So right now I'm not asking you to join our church or a religion. I'm not asking you if you grew up in church. I'm not asking if you were water baptized as a baby or an adult, all good things. But you can do all that and not know Jesus. Here's what I'm asking you. Have you given your heart to Jesus? Have you made a decision to follow him? If you're say, Pastor Joe, I haven't, but I'm ready today. Would you pray with me right now? Say this after me. Say, Lord God, I realize I'm a sinner who needs a Savior. And this day, I give my heart to Jesus. Jesus, thanks for dying for all my sins. And this day, I believe you're the Savior and make a decision to follow you. Amen. If you prayed that prayer with Pastor Joe, we'd love to hear from you. Drop us a line at newliferadio.today, and we would like to send you a one-time email to help you in your walk with God. 